When we think about Rosh Hashanah, besides everything, we look to Tanakh to give us direction, to see what historically happened on Rosh Hashanah. The same events, which are incredible importance in Tanakh, which are better known, which we are told happened in Rosh Hashanah, the sound which are less known. And what I wanted to start talking about today, tonight, is one of the incidents of Tanakh which happened in Rosh Hashanah, which isn't so well known. And that is the story of Eof. The Pasuk heaps generous praise on Eof. The Pasuk says that he was an Ishtam, perfect person, Yirei Lakim, someone who fears Hashem, Vasur Mera. He kept away from anything even remotely connected to evil. And somebody like that, we would expect, is deserving of tremendous reward. But the Pasuk tells us, Vahiya Yom, it was the day. All the Malachim appeared in front of Hashem. What's the day that all the Malachim, so to speak, appear in front of Hashem and they come to give a report about every single person in the world? That's the day of Rosh Hashanah. And Rosh Hashanah and all the Malachim had come so to speak, to give evidence about each person in the world. And when it came to Eov's, so to speak, file being opened, when it came to the din regarding Eov, so Hashem says to the Malach, Hasamtim Lebel, Avdil, Eov, have you seen my son, it's my servant, Eov, Tzadik, one of the Malachim, who was present, but it also appeared in front of Hashem was the Satan, a Yahweh Gamma Satan. And the Satan, doing his job, he can't say anything against Eov. He also can't find flaw with anything that Eov's done. I digress for a minute. That itself should show us more than anything else the tremendous level that Eov was at. And even the Satan, who's trained to find fault with people, couldn't point to anything that Eov had done wrong. And therefore the Satan could only make one accusation. And the Satan says, Hachinam Avad Eov Of course, you're right. Eov did serve Hashem. But is it for nothing? The Satan says, Hashem, you've been so good to Eov. He was blessed with a big family, with tremendous wealth, with success, with popularity, power. So the Satan says, 
It's not for nothing. He has been given so much bracha. It's not, it doesn't deserve credit for the fact that he's a tzaddik. Again, I digress. The Satan's argument is not such a good argument. There have been many people who Hashem blessed with tremendous tzlacha, tremendous success, tremendous wealth, and that didn't mean that they were going to be tzaddikim. And to the contrary, the Koirachs and the Hamans who were tremendously wealthy were anything but tzaddikim. But nevertheless, the Sultan has his accusation. And Hashem agrees, so to speak, to test the of. And that year in Rosh Hashanah was decided for Eov that he was going to suffer a tremendous reversal. And the Pasuk tells us that after Rosh Hashanah, his children who are all having a meal in a certain place, what happens is the roof collapses and they all get buried alive. And the next thing, the custom come and steal Eov's cattle. And the next thing which happens is a fire which burns down his crops. And then other armies, Shva, take away his possessions. And in quick succession, all these terrible misfortunes leave Eov penniless. Leave Eov bereft of everything he had had. His possessions, his family, his livestock, Extremely, uh, extremely severe din that Eov suffered. And the next possible can say for Eov says again, right here Yom, Rosh Hashanah comes around again. And once again, all the Malachim assemble to report back on people in the world. And once again, when Eov's name comes to the discussion, so Hashem says, have you seen Eov? And after everything which he suffered, he's Adain Oymed Betumoy. He still remains faithful. He still remains as perfect as he was before. And once again, this is an unbelievable praise of Eov. It wasn't just for a day, or as soon as he heard the news. For an entire year that Eov had been suffering, the loss of everything he had. He managed to remain on his same spiritual standing without falling the whole year. And Hashem, so to speak, accuses the Satan. And he says to him, You, so to speak, incited me to punish you for nothing. You see, you're still on the same level. Right? The Satan doesn't give up so easily. And the Satan says, Hashem, you didn't punish him enough. It's true he lost all his children, his money, his possessions, but you didn't yet punish him physically. You didn't give him Yusurim. You didn't give him suffering. And the Pasuk says, Hashem's willing to do that also. He says to the Satan, you're allowed to inflict whatever suffering you want on him as long as as long as you don't kill him. And Eov is beset by terrible Yusurim. The second Rosh Hashanah, so to speak for Eov, 
It was another bad din. And that second Rosh Hashanah, he was visited with sicknesses, with ailments. And Yehav doesn't understand. Yehav doesn't understand. He also thought he had acted so well. He also thought he had been at Sadiq. He also thought that he didn't deserve to be punished. And Yehav says to Hashem, Zakadish Baruch, I don't understand why I'm deserving this punishment. Yehav says to Hashem, Zakadish Baruch, maybe you mistook me for an enemy. In Hebrew, the word Eov and Oyev is one letter difference. Oyev means an enemy. He says, maybe you mistook me for an enemy. And we understand Eov's question. The Nach itself gives us such tremendous, glowing descriptions of Eov's level that we're also wondering, how could it be that he deserves, so to speak, such a severe sentence Two Rosh Hashanahs. So if we look at what the Psukim say about the story of Eov, we can at least, let's say, sympathize with the way Eov felt. But now let's look as everything, when you want to understand something deeper, let's look how Chazal tells us the story of Eov. And Chazal shows a different perspective. And Chazal says the following. I give a marshal, a marshal to a drunkard who was staggering around in the town and he said, who is going to bring me to the Moshe Ha'ir? Who is going to bring me to the ruler of the town? I want to show the ruler of the town how to exercise justice. So Pastor comes from Sefer Eov, and Eov says, Miyadati emtsa'eyu, erecholofan of Mishpat. If I would know how to find Hashem, I would ask him to explain the Mishpat, why he judged me the way he did. So Chazal compare Eov to the drunkard of the town. When his drunken stupor was saying, who is going to introduce me to the ruler of the town so I can teach him how to do Mishpat? Okay, so the police hear him and they put him in. And they drag him to the ruler of the town. And he's sitting on the, in the dock of the accused. But he's not the only one. So he's waiting his chance to be judged. And listen to what Chazal say. Chazal say the first on trial is a duke and the Moshal banishes him from the country and the next one on trial is a prince and the Moshal blinds him and the third one on trial is a princess and the Moshal confines it to her house and the drunkard starts to see even people of such stature are being punished so severely 
So he starts to think, what's the motion going to do when he gets to me? And therefore he says to the Moshe, I beg mercy. Shikar Hoyisi, I was drunk. I didn't know the Oymek, the depth of the justice. That's the Masha. Say Chazal, the Nimshal. The Nimshal is Eov railing against what Hashem's decided for him. So he's shown how the Mishpat works. And he's shown the nobleman, Abraham Avinu, for saying one word, which could have been construed as something wrong, he's told you should know. Your children are going to be exiled for 400 years. Yitzchak Avinu, for some maybe small act, it's not even clear what it was, Yitzchak was blinded. Miriam, princess for talking about Moshe what she thought was trying to help him and with his best interest at heart was given saras and confined to to be at the machine and after Eov sees the severity with which the greatest of the great the Ovis and Moshe and Aaron and Miriam were judged so he says, Shikar Ayisi, the Yadati Umka Sheldin. And that's the first perspective of Rosh Hashanah. Yes, on a certain level, Eov was a Tzadik. And Ishtam Yirelakim. But there's something called Umka Sheldin, the depth of the justice. And if the Midas Adin is going to be exercised against the person, then nobody is able to say that they are on the level that the din doesn't apply to them. That's the first part. Even Eov, we can understand as being a tzaddik, we can understand as being somebody on a very high level, but if the din is going to be, so to speak, in the full measure of its strictness, And as Eov saw, the way Hashem judged the Avos, there's no questions. That's the one side. On the other side, we have other incidents in Tanakh which happened in Rosh Hashanah also. But Hashem pocket is Sarah. Hashem remembers Sarah Imenu. And even though she's in a unable physically to have children, HaKadosh Baruch does a tremendous miracle and decides to give Sarah a son. And the same for Rachel. And the same for Hannah. There's a second side to the din as well. The side of the din when a person can be zeichet to nisim, to miracles which have no physical explanation. And why is this a part of the din? Because Rosh Hashanah isn't just a sentence here. And this is the important point of Rosh There's two sides to Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is a din. A judgment. 
And if a person, Layalainu, is found wanting in judgment, yes, then there's a threat of punishment. But if a person is found to be zakai, to be innocent in the din, to be oimed bedin, then the din is bachai that he gets tremendous reward. And therefore, yes, the balance of Rosh Hashanah isn't only negative. The balance of Rosh Hashanah is an opportunity, if a person deserves it, to be given nisim, to be given bracha, to be given so much more than he didn't have before. And that's part of the way we approach Rosh Hashanah. On the one hand, we're afraid. We're afraid because Chas V'Shalem, Makadosh Baruch Hu, isn't happy with what he finds. Then there's a threat of the thing punishment of the dead. We call the mishpat. On the other hand, if a person is oymed bedin and he comes out in the written the sifrim shustadikim, then he can be zeichet to something which he never had before. And both of these aspects are true. They're both part of Rosh Hashanah. David HaMelech had written both in the same pasuk at the Hashem Hashem desires those who fear Him, those who wait for His chesed. It's not two separate categories. It's not ve'es. It's the same category. The same people. On the one hand, the Yireyov. They're afraid because if chas v'shalom, Hashem is going to find them wanting in din. Yes, the din is very severe. But at the same time, they miyachadim lechastoy. There are people who are hoping for Hashem's chesed because there's a second side to the din as well. The Rambam, when he talks about Rosh Hashanah in one of his letters, has a tremendous description of Rosh Hashanah. He says like this, It's a day of fear. A day of running, fleeing, from it, to it. How do you run from and to something at the same time? But yes, that's, that's exactly the description of Rosh Hashanah. On the one hand, we're afraid. We omen bedin in chas v'shalom. Chas v'shalom. If you're not zaycha bedin, we're very afraid of it. But on the other hand, this is the source of all the bracha. What's going to be decided for next year is being decided now. And if we need more of the action we had this year, and if we need bracha that we didn't have in the past, it's being decided now also. And if we zaycha to it, then we can come out of Rosh Hashanah with our arms laden with things we never had before. So yes, we don't want to avoid Rosh Hashanah. The things we need and the things we ask for. And the things which the whole year gone past we couldn't get because it wasn't decided for us last year. But now we're in a position where we can ask. And now we're in a position where we can get. And if we zaykhi bedin, the Rosh Hashanah can be the most tremendous bracha. And I'll prove this to you. You know, Machshavu in Kabbalah, whatever you're going to call it, each of the Avos represents a different middah of Hashem. Ava represents Chesed, as well known. Yitzhak represents Din. Yitzhak represents Din. But, so to speak, you could call this Conversely, the uh, the one the one the one of the avos that we find the most times that he was given bracha was Yitzchak. 
when he went to Eretz Plishtim during a famine and he sowed plants for wheat that came back a hundredfold. Abimelech and his general Pichel come to Yitzchak and they say, We see Hashem is with you. Hashem. He gets extra bracha. Yitzchak, the Av who lived with Din, he gets such tremendous bracha? And the answer is yes. Because if a person's Oymed Bedin, if the Din comes out that the person deserves bracha, then that's the source of all the bracha. It's not given as a chesed. It's not given out of compassion. It's deserved. That's part of the din as well. So many things we resigned ourselves to last year. That's the way things are and they can't change. When we're standing at the beginning of Rosh Hashanah, we have to understand and we have to know it can change. Hashem is deciding again. And just like there's no chazaka, there's no assumption for what a person had last year that he was going to get again. Hashem can take away. It works the other way around also. There's no chazaka that what a person didn't have they can't get. Hashem can give. Hashem can give. Those are the two perspectives of Rosh Hashanah. The one perspective is the Oymekadin. As much as we think we're tzaddikim, we're not going to think we're bigger tzaddikim than Eev. And if Hashem is going to be exacting in the din, then like we say, Mi yamud lefanecha. But there's another perspective too. And that is for a person who does, who is found worthy. So Rosh Hashanah is the source of all bracha. Before Rosh Hashanah, I was speaking to somebody. I asked him he's going to be for Rosh Hashanah. He told me in the ICU. I asked him why. So his father, Ebuch, during the year got contracted the Machala. A few weeks ago, he stopped being able to see. A week ago, he stopped being able to talk. He's now he's lying unconscious in the ICU. So I was thinking, aren't you lucky as Rosh Hashanah? Normally if something happens and it's in the middle of the year, so we can dive in, but what can we do? It's already an exer. And to change exer is very difficult. But comes Rosh Hashanah, everything's decided again. It's a chance to dive in because everything can change. We have to keep both perspectives in the mind of Rosh Hashanah. There's one more point I want to add. And that is an incredible point. A person could think Rosh Hashanah, Chas Hashanah. He's against Hashem. Hashem is the judge, he's there to punish. And he's on the other side, and it's not true. That's not true. I want to share with you the words of the God and the Pasuk in Mishlei. The God says in the Pasuk in Mishlei, Al tacharosh arayacharo Don't plan to do evil to your friend when he is relying on you as a friend. And the God explains 
that even if for whatever reason he deserves it, would you plan to for him? Would you want to do negative against him? Isn't wrong on its in its own terms, but it's it is wrong if he's relying on you. Don't let down trust. Don't let down trust. If someone's relying on you as a friend, then so to speak, to let down that that friendship, that reliance, and do bad to them is wrong. And the Goyans Maram is that's how it works in the Mishpat. Coming from desire. Desire, this is a tremendous yesod. Desire says that if before a person goes to sleep at night, he has intention to entrust his neshama to Hashem for safekeeping. So, Kodesh Baruch, I'm going to sleep. I'm giving you my neshama to watch. And I'm relying on you to give it back to me in the morning. There's desire. Muftachloi. He's guaranteed that he won't die in his sleep. Muftachloi. He's guaranteed. Even if he's done a Even if he, the din should be that he deserves to die, but he won't die in his sleep. Why? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Nehmam Bikdoidah. If somebody entrusted his Hashem to Hashem for safekeeping, Hashem is reliable. He doesn't let down trust. He doesn't let down trust. The Gemara Brachas hints to this concept also. The Gemara Brachas says that if a person is going to say just one possible for the Kriya Shema before he goes to sleep, that one possible you should say the Pasuk Hashem in your hands I entrust my Neshama because I know you're going to save me from passing away during the night because Hashem is a Kel Emes and therefore He's reliable before a person goes to sleep he should have that intention in mind I'm relying on Hashem I'm relying on Hashem to return my Neshama to me. B'yodcho afkid ruchi. For diso oisi Hashem kelemis. And that's how when a person wakes up in the morning, he thanks Hashem. She'achazar tobi nishmosa. He gave me back my Neshama because rabbo imunosech. I could trust in you. As the period says, Hanemon pifchidiktoyne. HaKadosh Baruch is reliable with people who entrust things to him. A person never died even though he deserved to because of the virus at night if he had given his Neshama to Hashem for safekeeping. That's the concept of being in, relying on Hashem. Hashem is reliable. And this concept doesn't just apply to every night. This concept applies to Rosh Hashanah too. going into the din. And there's two sides to the din. And we know that Chas Vashav is a possibility that if a person is found lacking, it's a possibility of punishment. And therefore there's a tremendous result. And that is, if we go
going to Shoshana. And Yosef Betachalech. We're relying on HaKadosh Baruch Hu to save us from the din. Why? I'll tell you another Zohar. The Zohar says, when we say that Hashem Echot, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is one, and He's able to, nothing stands in His way, He can do whatever He wants to do, says the Zohar. That's even the best in Shulmaru. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not bound by the decisions of the best in Shulmaru. We have such a concept. Even in today's justice system, there's a court system, there's a judiciary, and they'll decide based on the facts, based on the proofs, based on the testimony, if a person's guilty or innocent, and they'll decide what to do with him. But in every country, there's a second system also. Call it a presidential pardon, a king's pardon, whatever you're going to call it. There's an override. There's a judiciary, they can make decisions based on the story, based on the evidence. But the head of state, whoever that may be, has the ability to override that. And therefore, yes, the base of Shemaira will decide. Based on a person's actions, based on a person's test, what he's done and what he's been. But Hashem Echot, nothing can prevent Hashem doing what He wants to do. He has the ability to give a presidential pardon. And it's impossible. Ki Hashem Shaifteinu. Hashem judges us. Hashem Mechoikekeinu. Hashem sets us against the Torah to see how how we've acted. Hashem Malkeinu Hu Hashem is our king and as a king He can save us. He's not bound to the best in Shalmada. So yes, we can go into Shoshana and be Yeshev Betach. We can relying on Hashem. Relying on Hashem that He's going to save us from the dead. Because He can. We say this in the Torah. We say in the Davening of Shoshana. Kodesh Ato V'neiro Shmecha. Two different terms. Hashem, you are Kodesh V'neiro. Or inspiring. And we explain. Shalika Kosov. Vayigba Hashem Tzvakos V'mishpot. On the one hand, when it comes to the Mishpat, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is exalted. Vayigba. Above. And above everything. Like we saw before. How, how deep is the Omeka Mishpat? How high can HaKadosh Baruch Hu's expectations be? Beyond any imagination. Vayigba Hashem Tzvakos V'mishpat. But on the other hand, when it comes to doing tztaka, when it comes to doing righteousness, Sakhal Kodesh is niktash. But doing nisim, giving a child to Sarah, to Rachel, to Chana, those are two sides of the thing. When we finish off the line of the Shemesh with one more phrase, Kodesh Ata, those are the two sides. Mishpat and Tedek. But, Ve'en Eloikami Balodecho. There's nothing besides you, Hashem. You aren't compelled 
even by Beis and Shomar, it's like one way or the other way. And therefore, if you're going to Rosh Hashanah, with the Emunah, with the Bitochan, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Rosh Hashanah also, you're doing your Ratzah. Rosh Hashanah also, you're being Oymid Bifonecho, and relying on you like we always rely on you. Like in every occasion in life, we rely on you. Here too, we're relying on you. Then the Pasuk applies. And it applies to Hashem too. Don't plan punishments. Don't plan evil for your friend. When he's Yeshev Betacholecha. When he's relying on you. And then Rosh Hashanah. It should be zaychen. It's not just the opportunity, so to speak, to be saved from the negative of the day. Like we saw, Rosh Hashanah has a tremendous option, power. That if a person's oymed b'din, then he can get so much more, and he can be zaychen to be more than he ever imagined possible. To wish everybody.